friends, I'm Stephanie Wessel. Welcome to Messy Talk. Here in this space is where we get messy. Mental, emotional, spiritual, self-reliance work is literally a mess. When you start to wade into the aspects, either one at a time or all at once, life can get and feel very messy. Here, you will find the space to have the conversations about navigating yourself through the mess and into the truth of how strong, capable, and messy you really are. Let's get honest. Let's get real. Let's get messy. messy, 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 messy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Messy Talks. Today, I have one of my favorite people in the entire world who put me into this world, invited me for the first time into your infinite life. Susie Walton, welcome. Thanks for having me, Steph. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really official as we're sitting on the floor in your house (laughs) talking messy, messily. Um, I'm so excited you're here and I'm so excited that We're going to be talking parenting because I really do feel like a lot of us start to figure out that we need some more support and we need some more skills as soon as we start to become a parent because that is like a bomb going off in your world and it changes quite a bit. So thank you for being here, Suze, and thank you for talking with us about parenting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important, like you're saying, because... Like when I'm teaching, I always start off like, you know, you, you, you meet someone, you know, and you fall in love and you're like, hey, this is good. Like, let's get together, right? And then eventually one might say, I think we should add kids to this blissfulness, right? And then the kids come along and not always, but nine out of 10 times, a lot of that blissfulness just leaves. And you're like, what just happened, right? It's like, talk about messy Start bringing kids into the dynamic and it can get real messy really quick. And do you think that has a lot to do with the fact that kids just come in with their own kind of way of needing your attention? Or do you think that that's a lot of pressure that parents put on themselves to do everything right? And, you know, I'm going to be the best. Like I said, I took your parenting class while I was pregnant with my oldest because I was going to parent better than anybody has ever parented in the entire parenting universe. Damn it. (laughs) And then I had her and I was like, what the hell? Like the whole curriculum went out the window and... um, Basic survival kicked in. 100%. And every night I went to bed sure that I was not made to do this and that poor little thing got stuck with the world's worst mother in the entire world. So I think it's one of those things where we really need to expose the fact that we all feel like this as new parents. There's really not a lot of aftercare Mm -hmm. for parenting i mean humans are messy anyways in general right and then you add in relationships on top of that and it can get pretty crazy and the thing is i I, you know i want to tell his parents is like you know because my my course is called the joy of parenting and sometimes parents like what joy you know i the joy left a long time ago and i'm like yeah and i think it's because well first of all joy is an eternal state of being it never leaves us. We leave joy when we move from our hearts to our heads. And then our heads starts telling all these stories. You're not that good of a mom. Your kid's a brat. You know, what was I thinking? I'm all not set up for this business. And then it just not, you know, you can't even find the joy. But what I'm thinking, what I tell people is your kids didn't come here to support your journey. Like you're saying, Steph, they chose us 
because however all that business works, they felt what we'd be the best to support them in their journey. So they're on their own journey and they, they don't really care that much about yours because they got their own stuff to deal with. And so if we can just even change that whole paradigm that when our kids are acting out, they're not out to get us. It's not because they have bad gene pool. It's just they're on their journey. And then they still need to be disciplined and parented. But it takes kind of the pressure off of us to think, you know, this is a reflection of me. And, you know, don't get me wrong. We definitely have some impact on how their behavior goes, which we can talk about. But, you know. I think that that's one of the things that I found so refreshing just hearing you say that in the class was that you're here to support their journey. And the years are are long, but the days are short. Or how's it go? The days are long, and but the years are short. So yeah. when you're in the trenches, it feels like you're never going to turn the page on watching them succeed. It's always going to be the wiping the butts, cleaning up the messes, you know, the temper tantrums, this. And when you're doing that hard work, it's really hard to figure out how you're going to take care of yourself while you can't take care of anything else that's going on in your scope. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that that was kind of the one thing that I realized that I came up with excuse after excuse when I had three young kids about why I didn't want to take the time to do the work for myself because I didn't have time, right? When am I going to find this time? I already have a day that's crazy and kids are yelling at me and I'm not enough to anything that I'm trying to do right now because I'm pulled in so many different directions. So I really realized that I had to stop and think, is this how you want to feel all the time or you want to do something different, (laughs) try a couple different things and, you know, try to make a go out of it. And I think that that was the first time that I realized it's okay to just say, I don't know. Yes. Yes. You parents out there listening right now, it's okay not to know because you don't, especially with your firstborn. Every day when that firstborn wakes up in the morning, it's a new day for you've never had that experience before. Right. And so Cut yourself a break. As Dr. Rudolph um, Dreicher says, have the, you know, the courage to be imperfect and do what you can and just, you know, but don't beat yourself up. Like, but, and do the work. I think I heard in the last podcast, you were singing my praises the night you walked in on Friday night. I was. Freedom to be. Thank you. Very ugly. uh, Yeah. And then you handled it perfectly. You handled it so Susie Walton like. You just kind of giggled at me. Like, (laughs) oh, God, look at her being uncomfortable, caterpillar. Like, I see the butterfly that you already are. You can't, but I can see you through that. And that's what I think I love about this work is that everybody who commits to this work sees people beyond what they're doing right then. Mm-hmm. They see them in their full magnificence, their authentic selves. Right. And I, and I know that everybody makes mistakes and I know that everybody has hard times, but I see you beyond that. So stick with it. Have the courage to go into the room and stay. And I was going to stay, but I wasn't going to talk at all because I was prepared to only <laughs> oh, talk to... Can you guys imagine Steph Wessel not talking <laughs> a whole weekend? Not happening. Not happening. Totally, right? So... um You called my bluff perfectly, by the way, and kind of almost challenged me to put myself in a position to thrive. And that's probably one of the best things that's ever happened is that I started to take the time for myself. And then that took the pressure off my children, my husband, Mm. you know, my loved ones, because I wasn't a walking disaster. I literally took the time to pause. Well, what you did is that you put your oxygen mask on first. Like, I love that analogy 
when they sit on the airplane. If you're traveling with a child, put your mask on first before theirs, because what good are you if you're passed out and they're breathing? Same thing in parenting. That's self-care, number one. And I, I don't even care if your self-care means at the end of the day going outside on the porch and breathing fresh air for a minute. I'm getting, You might only have one minute, but it, that'll be helpful as long as you use the intent that you're doing this for self-care. Because once we do self-care and take care of ourselves, whether it's two minutes or two hours, you are a whole different parent. You actually be, get to become the parent you want to be, not the parent you wish you could be, but you're so busy and crazy. So take care of you, parents, so that you can then take care of your kids and other things in the world. Totally. And I think that, that the, the self-care aspect as a parent sounds really selfish, but it is the number one thing you can do for everybody in your house. And that's a fact. And then we think like self-care has to be the spa or it has to be, you know, <laughs> eight hour, nobody got time. Eight hour again. surf session. <laughs> exactly. Some, sometimes self-care is realizing you already dropped the kids off and you're still listening to the fucking frozen soundtrack. <laughs> and you're like singing every word. And then it's like just turning on your jams and jamming out to your jams instead of, you know, Elsa and Anna for the last couple of minutes of the ride. 100%. That's a great, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there thinking, oh, I don't have to listen to raining tacos for the rest of my life. Or the fact that you even notice that you are listening to raining tacos <laughs> with your kids not in the car. You know oh what I mean? Oh my gosh. It's just like, one no. of those things that while you're in the trenches, it's so hard to see the sun. And you have to give yourself the support community. You have to give yourself the tools. You have to give yourself so many things. And part of it's just love, you know, self-love because you're it's giving huge. it away so much with children that then when they're young, they're not super capable of giving it back to you the way that you probably need it. So you need to parent yourself a little bit and love on yourself as much as possible. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So joy of parenting, Suze. I am now in classes with Suze, Susie Walton, <laughs> founder of The Joy of Parenting, um, to become a certified parenting coach. Yeah, I said that. I'm going to be a certified parenting coach. My children have already said, okay, really? <laughs> so let me just tell you, when I, what I heard Steph was creating messy um, conversations, I'm like, whoa. If you're going to be doing this, you have to take this parenting training because there's a lot of us out there that need some kind of encouragement or ideas on how to make things happen, how to change things. So 100%. So she hit me up with that. Uh, I know you're probably busy doing this and launching this, but I think it's important. And I didn't hesitate for a second because every time Suze says she thinks something's important, she doesn't often say that. And when she does... You listen. So I listened and I'm now a sort of, or I'm in the process of becoming a certified parenting training. So you know what? Anybody can do it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's like me when I took it 30 years ago. People laughed. You're teaching parenting? Because for you that don't know me, I have four sons and I had them all within six years. And it was some crazy times back in the day because I didn't have a lot of great tools. I had a lot of love for them. So, you know, and people saw my kids running out, whether it was Boston Garden running around through basketball games or whatever. And they're like, you're running parenting seminars? I'm like, I know. It's ridiculous. But it was so important, not just to teach it, but like Steph was saying, kind of like, because I wanted to walk my talk. Like, I wanted to be that kind of parent. And I figured if I taught 
the class, it would keep me online. You know, I can't be yelling at my kids all day and then go teach a class and say, don't yell. And in all those days that I did yell, one of my kids would say, are you going to tell your class tonight how you grabbed my arm or how you yelled? And I'm like, yes, I am. Like, they need to know. Like, yes, I still sometimes make mistakes and it happens. It's, all, it's always going to happen. And what a great... What a great example that is for your children going through this is that you're saying the learning never stops and I'm showing you that I don't know all the answers. So I'm putting myself somewhere where we can learn together. Yes. This is the first time we're going through this. And you told us in our parenting class that I took before I had kids, I wish everybody could parent their firstborn child like their fourthborn child, because as, as parents, we all know that that firstborn for their entire life will always be your first in everything as well. Mm-hmm. But your third, by the time that one comes <laughs> around, that one's pretty much running the house and every, the rules are all different you're, because you are a different parent. And, and you're, you're more relaxed, you know, that, you know, regardless of how much you say things, that things are going to roll like they roll. And then you throw some parenting tools in it and it just makes it roll a little bit smoother at times. Totally. And it's necessary work. And so... We're going through this process, and um, one of the biggest things I think we could give to our kids are these genuine encounter moments. Can you tell us a little bit about GEMS? Yeah, so this comes from Dorothy Briggs and her book, um, Your Child's Self-Esteem. It's an old-school book, but it's fabulous. And in it, she talks about the importance of giving each child and each significant others, hopefully you just have one significant other, um, a gem per day. And basic what it is, not when you're trying to discipline, but when your kid comes in and says, hey, mom, you know, there's a roly-poly out there. Hey, mom, this is what happened at school today. I, I made the soccer, whatever, that you basically stop, look, and listen. And you have to lock in. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, I can't just do that at any time. And I'm not saying any time. I'm saying at least once a day. When you are 100% locked in with your child, you're listening, your eye contact is there, um, and you're seeking to understand, and you're, be, you know, you're becoming part of their world, that in itself raises your self-esteem, which then decreases their need for misbehavior, and then just the energy in the family it just gets a lot calmer. And I wasn't kidding either about your significant others out there. You know, one time a day. Remember, you met these people and you're with these people because you love these people. But then when kids come around, oftentimes we, we forget that other person. And so it's really important to provide a gem for them too. And the thing is, you get to reap the benefits. Because when you're locked in, giving them a gem, they're locked in with you. And it, it just, it works. I mean, the, it just makes so much sense. Because when somebody gives you their undivided attention and you feel like you're heard as an adult, that feels good. And when you're having an interaction, you're making the magic and you're, you're, you're vibing with somebody, it feels good. So we need to remember that you don't have to do that all day. Once a day. Yeah. Especially if you have multiple children, you'd just be rocking around, just gemming it up all day, but once a day. And I think that the scariest thing about parenting is how how, how quickly I realized my muscle for that was not working very well. So mm-hmm. that if I had a bad day with them, I carried it into the next day because I was an awful parent or whatever, you know, and they wake up totally refreshed, <laughs> not remembering everything. You know what I mean? So like giving myself that grace to get back on the horse and do it again, it might not have worked out exactly how we planned yesterday. You know, 
they ate more goldfish than they <laughs> than ever. And you know what? I, the sugar to intake was a bit higher than I always would, but gosh darn it, we're going to try again today. And I'm not going to get defeated by the fact that we had a rough day. We had a rough week. We had a rough month. Like this is temporary. Just like, you know, the feelings that we feel that are overwhelming and everything, like they're temporary. They're visitors. To stay present, we need to keep focusing on what we can control and let go of what we can't. And I want to just add one thing too out there. When you guys do yell at your kids or you grab them a little tighter than you expected to grab their arm, that's the imprint you leave on them. How often later on in the night or something like, gosh, darn it. I wish I would have handled it like this. Well, what I'm inviting you all to do is when that next, the next morning or later on in the day, you go up and I'm like, hey, Steph, the way I yelled at you or got really grumpy with you because you hadn't put away your swim stuff yet, that wasn't okay. What I wanted to do and, and what I would like to do is I get eye level with you and I say, hey, Steph, what's your plans with the swimsuit? Like, do you need help getting this put away or what's going on? Because you know it doesn't go there. And so now you have put a, I put a new imprint on Steph. So that's the one she walks away with. And it's, it's, and it teaches, you know, the art of forgiveness and we all make mistakes and we can always clean up our mistakes by having that real conversation. And 100%, they're never too young to come back and say, I handled that poorly. This is what I would have wanted to do if I, if I would have been taking care of myself and listening a little bit more to what I needed. Mm-hmm. So this is how I wanted to handle it. And that's a beautiful thing with your kids because I think that we think that that's giving in to them and that's giving them something. And then I had to change my perspective that what it's giving them a sense of that mom will come back <laughs> and, you know, they right. take care of what she is. Like as an adult, they see me do that to adults that I have disagreements with. They say, why wouldn't I give them the same courtesy hmm. of loving them through these hard times that I do perfect strangers? They're my most prized possessions. They're the people that I love the most in the world. Why wouldn't I give them the same common courtesy? And that's something I had to look at. It was me. I was embarrassed. I, I wanted to be the world's best mom. So like if I messed up and I told them that I messed up, what would that do to them? And what it would do to them was show them when and if they decide to become parents, that it's perfectly normal to have an open conversation lovingly with them, even when we messed up, that when they mess up, they can come and talk to me, hopefully their whole lives as teenagers, if they mess up, get themselves into trouble I might not love what I'm hearing them say, but I will love them no matter what. I mean, and you know, you're talking about teenagers. I mean, study after study shows you the, the thing that's most important to them is feeling connected to their parent, being able to go tell. There was a study of a thousand teenagers and asked, when you have an issue, who would you like to go to? And almost every teenager said, my parent. Then asked, who do you go to? Almost every teenager said, anybody but my parent. Then asked why, they said, because if we do, we get yelled at, lectured, grounded, or our parents are so upset they won't sleep for the next six months. Well, why would we tell them? So, and I tell, you know, it doesn't, you don't, you can start this today, but this actually starts when they're young too. Like you're now, you with young kids are laying down the ground rules about, is it safe to go and tell mom or dad about what's going on in my world? And if you haven't, and they're becoming teenagers, you go have this conversation with them, this messy conversation saying, listen, I want to be here for you. I want to be able to, you know, have you talk to me when things are not going the way you would hope. And this is what you can depend on from me. Like I'm committed 
to listen without, you know, upset without getting crazy here. Yeah. And I think you, you taught us this tool about, you know, a family love signal in class recently. So, I mean, I think if, even if you need something like that to remind yourself in that moment, when you're confronted with something that's super uncomfortable as a parent, or, you know, your teenager just told you something that shocked you or really pissed you off to remember that do the groundwork, give them that family love signal, tell them, you know, to, to do that to you when they just need you to listen to them, you know, and in that moment, come from your heart not from your head about what you're hearing and what you're doing. Like, you know, whether it be the love sign or you touch your finger to your mouth, like a kiss, like whatever that might be, it's important for your family to come up with what works with you so that when you're in a big crowd or you're in a tight spot or you're in a a situation that is uncomfortable, that you can look to each other and do that. And we get it, that we need to be present with our hearts and our heads, but mostly with our hearts and to connect with each other on a different level than what's right and wrong. That's just, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, when you're saying that right now, stuff, I have this visualizing moment, like when, like when, you know, like if Skylar's out playing on a volleyball match, mm-hmm. you know, it's her new thing. We have some nerves. She looks at you and you throw her up the peace sign or the love sign. That will instantly calm your kids down. Like it's just such a beautiful connection. And as I've already mentioned, that's what they want, especially teens. And they don't even act like they want it but they need it and they want it without maybe even knowing it. It's a little bit of connection. Well, and it's that whole thing about, you know, how much harder is it to ask for what we want uh, when we haven't been shown that. So even when the words are hard and we need connection, we need our parents to be present with us. I'm just going to show you this signal instead of having to ask you because I don't even know how to ask for what I need right now or what I need, but I need your love. And that's another thing. If you can't go to your heart yet because you're so shocked by what you heard, it's okay to say, whoa, that's a lot. I'm going to go just take a little walk around the house, (laughs) you know. Let me kind of settle in again because I want to talk to you about it. And I'm so happy you told me this information and I just need a little time to kind of reset here. So that's okay too, you guys. You don't have to like, sometimes you're not, you know, do you heard like, oh, I didn't go to school today. I just ditched all day and went to the beach. You're like, oh, okay, give me a moment. I'm like, I'll be right back here. And which is great because now you're teaching your kids when something kind of got boom, get some, it's okay to take a break and reset and then come back and handle the situation. I don't, gosh, when you just said that right now, I've heard this principle and I, I don't do that enough. <laughs> I don't give myself enough pauses and I don't in every day, I don't give myself a break to say, I'm not going to come from a place of reaction. I'm going to come from a place of action. So I need to figure out how we're going to handle this and and together. So give me a second. Mom's going to take care of herself. You know what I mean? And to show them, I'm, you can always take a second to take care of yourself as well. Nothing ever is pressing to where you need to deal with it right then 95 percent of what your kids are going to learn is what you model so so gross Suze. stop pointing <laughs> that out when we're trying to talk about being joy of parenting people hello it just means we have to do the work yeah and that's what these podcasts are all about it's so like it is. it's got we got to do the work you know you can only love people as much as you love yourself you know so it all begins with you oh Suze, where can they find you with you. <laughs> Yay! I'm never that far away from stuff. I mean, we don't see each other that often, but she lives like five blocks from me. No, on Indigo Village. Yeah. Indigovillage.com. Indigovillage.com. And she has 
the joy of parenting, which she still facilitates every so maybe couple courses a yep. year. Um, you can take the classes. You can become certified to become a parenting guru, a la Suze, and um, the joy of parenting may sound a lot to some oxymoronish, like jumbo shrimp. <laughs> Wow, that's a good one. Thank you. I was thinking about it in the shower. (laughs) I was just thinking about it. But I really do think that we need to change the narrative about what it is to be joyful. And joyful means to feel it all. All. Not just that, like, the kumbaya moment. The skipping, like, (laughs) so, so limiting when you realize that I have so much to offer. A lot of it's ugly. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. A lot of it's dark. A lot of it's, but. It's so sacred, you know, the whole journey. The fact that you guys have this chance to experience another life in all their ups and downs, their sadnesses and their joy, that is a sacred journey, you know? And I know it's not going to feel very sacred, but who decided what sacred is? Well, then I think we need to change the narrative about what what a thriving family looks like. A thriving family is not the ones that you see on the holiday pictures. Again, lovely lovely holiday pictures i everybody loves them but the sacredness of that is the entire being and and when you have a large family and you have multiple kids it becomes something else and you really do all need to aspects, take the time right? to honor it all aspects of it 100 percent. so Suze, this won't be the last time that we talk because there's some messy conversations that need to be happening. <laughs> but if you guys have any parenting questions for Suze or myself, we'd love to fire them off during a different episode and just kind of try to help as best as we can to put our spin on different things. But again, you guys know that if you're doing the work and putting yourself around people who are also doing the work, it takes a village mm-hmm. and we need to love each other, parent each other. And for you that don't have kids, you might be an auntie or an uncle or a cousin. Like, we all had no kids. So you can use all the information we just talked about today in any arena when it includes that. A child or a significant other or a colleague or best friend. Like, this is all about connection and communication and making mistakes and getting messy and you know repairing the mistake and moving on with your journey. 100%. And it, it really is just about becoming more aware of everything that you're capable of and it's limitless and it's pretty rad. So we appreciate you signing in to listen to us. We're so cute by the way. So I know really we should actually have our, why are we not doing this on a video screen? I don't know. Maybe another time. Fabulous. (laughs) Stay tuned for me and Suze on the video screen. Um, But Suze. With our Uggs and sweats. Yeah. On the floor. It's freezing here in San Diego today. It's like 60. Anyways, we appreciate you coming. Thank you. Thanks Messy for having talk. me, Steph. Joy of parenting. Watch us change the world together. We love you so much. Mean it. Mental, emotional, spiritual, self-reliance work is messy and ongoing. I appreciate you showing up and trusting in yourself enough to know that you were made for this. If you'd like to learn more about Messy Talk, you can find me on Instagram at messy underscore talks. Or you can find me at www.yourinfinitelifeonline.com under coaches. I'm Stephanie Wessel. Thank you for being messy. See you again next time on Messy Talk.